This morning we want to talk about hope comforts. And uh, we'll be reading uh, from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. You know, a, a special moment in a parent's life is that moment where they first bring their child to church. Um, it's just a special moment. Uh, it depends on what your doctors tell you these days. You may have to wait months uh, to do that. I remember one couple, they're, they're, uh, they've moved away, but uh, she was a gymnast and was tough as nails, and uh, sh they were here uh, with the baby three days after a C-section. I didn't even know you were supposed to be out of the hospital three days after a C-section, but they were at church uh, with this baby, and it's always a big deal. I'll never forget uh, especially with Gabe, that, that first child, when you, uh, when you, you come to church, and, and just especially uh, being on staff here and, uh, and bringing your child uh, to the people that you love and you serve. And I remember, though, I, I wanted a, a manly diaper bag. I didn't want one of these kitty uh, diaper bags, so I went and I ordered it online, and I paid way too much for it, but it was diaper dudes. It was a camouflaged diaper bag because I knew it was my job as the man to be the muscle to carry uh, to, to kind of carry the stuff that we need. And, you know, on your first child, you just have tons of stuff that you think you need uh, to keep that baby alive every second. And, and I've come to peace with that, having three girls after that. I've, I've made peace with carrying around pink bags and uh, all of that good stuff. But it's a big deal. Uh, you want people, you're, you're excited about, about people seeing that new baby. Um, some, some people maybe don't get too close, just look. And, uh, but it's a big deal. And, and we actually have in Scripture Jesus' first trip to the temple. Uh, it was a, uh, we'll, we'll see in a moment that it was according to the law uh, that a child be brought to the temple. But let's read about this in verse 22. It says, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came uh, in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to, uh, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, and you have prepared in the presence of all people, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for, uh, for, uh, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own, soul, your own soul also. So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of, of Phanael. And the tribe of, of the tribe of Asher. 
She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple worshiping with, with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Uh, this is the word of God. This is uh, God's story of his son's first appearance in the temple for purification. What I want us to do is, is look how these characters that were around the Christ child was comforted by the Christ child. We have, we have three uh, characters. We have Simeon, uh, we have Jesus' parents, and we have Anna. And we want to look at each one of these and how they found comfort in the Christ child. First, Simeon, uh, uh, how this Christ child comforted a dying man. Simeon was a man that was righteous and devout, is what it says here. He was waiting for the consolation. Now, that word just simply means comfort. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel. It says that the Holy Spirit was upon him, and the Spirit had done something very special with Simeon because the Spirit had said, Simeon, you are going to see the Christ child. You will not die until you see the Christ. It doesn't ever say Simeon's age, but I would assume that that he's advanced in years. You get the feeling that he's been holding on way beyond his years, waiting for this one event. And, And he seems to think now that that, that he has seen this event, he, he seems to think that death is probably going to come uh, pretty shortly, uh, I believe because he, he was a very, very old. In verse 29, he says this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. He, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. You know, a young man, a young man doesn't really think about death all that much. Most young men, because they think they're invincible, right? They think that death is something I can worry about later. Okay, that's something decades and decades and decades away. <clears throat> but Simeon was, was an old man. And so Simeon began to know that he was getting close to what happens next. And we know that older men do kind of realize this could happen at any moment. And they begin to think about what is to come And this old man, this old man was actually allowed to look into the face of his salvation, of that thing that was going to make him able to die in peace. The scriptures tell us that he actually took the baby. Can you imagine just, just holding and looking upon your salvation? Being able to ta- count the, the fingers and toes of the Savior of the universe, the Creator, and now the Savior of the universe what an amazing moment that Simeon had and one of the reasons that 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 Simeon knew that that this child was one that that would bring comfort in his death is that he was the savior because he lived his life according to the law a theme runs through these verses where it keeps saying that things were being done according to the law uh, it also says, according to the word. According to the law in Exodus 13, the firstborn was to be presented to the Lord. And a sacrifice was, was to be made to God on behalf of that firstborn. 
Um, in the case of Jesus' family, who was very poor, uh, they, were, uh, they brought birds uh, to sacrifice. That's how we know that he was from a very poor family. And Jesus is, is about 40 days old uh, as this is happening uh, in the temple. We see from the very beginning that, that Jesus was not a rebel that was going to just, uh, just totally abolish the law. He was not coming to be some rebel that just was going to cast the law aside. No, it was the exact opposite. He would be one that would keep the law perfectly. We see this in Galatians uh, chapter 7, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might, have, so we might receive adoptions as sons. Christ, like all men, was born under the law, but unlike the rest of mankind, He actually kept the law. From His birth to the, to the 40 days and when He's making His appearance in the temple, until the very moment that He gave up His Spirit on the cross, He perfectly kept the law. He fulfilled the law, as Scripture says. It's more than just keeping and obeying it. He actually fulfilled it. Why? Well, Galatians here tells us that it was to redeem of those, those of us who were under the law who couldn't keep it. And that's Simeon, that's all of us. We were born under the law and we couldn't keep it. We failed. We rebelled against God. And so Christ lived under the law to to, uh, and, and obeyed it perfectly so that He could redeem us so that we might be brought in as sons and daughters of God despite our law-breaking. Simeon, after seeing this child, seems to take on just this new confidence in death. Bring, is essentially, he's like, bring on death. I'm, I'm at peace now. His redemption had arrived. I remember my grandfather uh, who died at, at the age of 95. There were no peers at his funeral. And it wasn't because he wasn't a likable guy. He was a very likable guy. He just had no peers left. When you die at 95, uh, your, your peers are either already gone or they can't make it to a funeral um, very well. And so it was just mainly family uh, and just a few friends that were a lot younger. And I, I picture... Simeon, a lot like that, as a man who, because of this promise, he had, God had, had let him hold on to life well beyond his friends and, and the people that he knew, and, and he had seen a lot of death. He had, he had buried a lot of friends, a lot of family. And, and we, as, we as humans, we, we don't like death, do we? Naturally, we don't like death. The, one of the most famous poems about death it says this, do not go gentle into the good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. But there's no raging in the heart of Simeon. Simeon says, man, I am at peace. I have seen my salvation. He says in verse 29, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to to your word. He does not rage against death. He receives it with peace. Why? 
I mean, Simeon's a, he's a righteous man, but he's not a perfect man. He's a man that had broken the law of God. He was a man that stood guilty before God. He was leaving in peace because he had held the child that he knew was going to keep the law, who was going to live that perfect law, starting right here, 40 days old, coming, doing what is asked of him and his family by the law. And that will continue the rest of his life. And he, he knew, hey, this is one that is going to keep the law, so I can depart in peace because he's going to keep the law for me. So we see a dying man that has peace because he's finally laid eyes on the salvation of Israel and for himself and for the nations. Now let's look at how the Christ child comforted his parents. There there are few joys that compare uh, to hearing someone say something great about your child, right? Like, I, like you love that. You love when, when someone talks about their character, that they made this great choice, that, uh, that they, were, uh, they helped someone, uh, they loved someone well. Uh, or, in my case, I really like to hear them say when they're good at athletics because I never had that said about me. And so it's good to hear them say it about my kids. You, know, you just love, it's just few pleasures in this earth, like hearing someone say something good about your children. Well, when Mary and Joseph heard Simeon's song uh, that he, he sang in, in seeing this child, it says they marveled at what was said about him. Can you imagine that hearing from a man that's been waiting on your child? It's been waiting on your child for decades. They must have been so comforted to hear that their child was a Savior for all peoples. It says in verse 31 and 32 that uh, you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. We all hope that our parents touch lives, right? Like, or I'm sorry, we, we hope our children touch lives. Um, but to hear that, that your child is going to touch the nations and all peoples. What an amazing uh, thing, amazing joy that would be in your heart. He says that the child uh, was, would be the glory of Israel. He was the glory of the people of Israel. The Jews, they got this front row seat uh, to redemption. I mean, the promises were made through them. Uh, we know in, uh, to Abraham that, that great promise that that through his seed all of the nations would be blessed. We know that, that David's throne that was set up in Israel was ultimately a throne to be occupied for all of eternity by Jesus Christ. And so through the, through the, um, through the sacrifices at the temple, they were meant uh, to point the people to the coming Messiah. And so they got this, they got this front row view, and, and Simeon knew that he was holding the glory of Israel, what Israel, what that nation was all about. But he was more than that. He was for all peoples. It says a revelation to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, that's everyone else, right? That's, that's everyone who's not a Jew, so that's everyone else. It says here uh, all peoples. 
the, the child would not just bring salvation to Israel. He would bring salvation to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Um, this, is, this is how we, as a church, ha- should handle Jesus. That he's not just for us. He's not just for our church. He's not just for El Dorado. He is, he's for the nations. He's, he's too big uh, for us to have a monopoly on him. Simeon said, hey, this... This child is for the nations. It's for all peoples. And, and that's why we want to be a church that, that, yes, reaches out to our community, but also takes the gospel, takes the news of Christ to the nations because it's, that's what it's meant for. It's a message that's meant for the nations, and that's why we seek uh, to be a, a gospel-preaching um, church to our community and to the ends of the earth because that's uh, who Jesus is for. There was not just marvel uh, in their hearts. They also came to have some dread, some very difficult things that mixed with these great words that he would be the Savior was also some very, very hard words. And verse 34, it says, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So Simeon says, hey, he's going to be the Savior, but many people are going to rise and fall through him, through his life. Uh, We see that uh, at the end of Romans chapter 9 and in in, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, it, it calls Christ a rock. And the reality is, is that that rock, Christ as the rock, he's either going to be your cornerstone, he's going to be your place of strength, he's going to be your salvation. Or if you reject that stone, it's going to crush you. So it's a mixed bag. It is for those who, who embrace Christ, like, like Simeon embraced Christ, will die in peace. But those who reject Christ will be crushed by him. And though he will be a sign, he will be a sign uh, that while some would receive him as the sign that he is, he will also, it says here, be opposed. He will be the king, but most people will reject him as that king. And he will suffer at the hands of men. Then Simeon delivers these very, very painful words to Mary. A sword will pierce your soul. I've often heard that it is one of, if not the most difficult things you can do in your life to bury your child. And Mary would not just see her son buried, she would see her son tortured and crucified. Even though he was perfect and kept the law. What an absolute unthinkable thing to observe as a parent. Though he was that perfect law keeper, though his entire life was lived loving and perfectly obeying God's law, he died a criminal's death. But you know, we think about Mary and her pain, but we forget, I think, oftentimes to think about the Heavenly Father's agony in that moment. Because while Mary was standing there, we we know at the foot of the cross, or or she was able to 
to see what was happening to her son. The Heavenly Father couldn't even look upon His Son. And for the first time in all of eternity that the Trinity, uh, the, the Father had to turn His back away from His Son, had to turn His back on His Son. Why? Not because of what His Son had done, but because His Son bore our sins. Oh, you think that, that Mary's soul was pierced. Imagine the Heavenly Father's soul as he was the one who had to do the piercing. Oh, the, the, the pain of the Heavenly Father. As horrible as the pain of the earthly mother was, there's nothing compared to what God the Father went through in that moment. And in that moment, when, when Christ cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, he was denied comfort. He was denied the comfort that he deserved. He denied, was denied the comfort that was his right. Why? So that we could be comforted. Even in our sin and in our rebellion, that we could receive the grace of God and to be brought in as sons and daughters of God, adopted into God's family. Because the Son was not comforted, we receive the comfort that comes because Mary's soul was pierced. And even bigger than that, the Father's, Heavenly Father's soul was pierced. And then we, we lastly are introduced to this character, Anna, that receives comfort. Let's see how the Christ child comforted a worshipful widow. We don't know a whole lot about uh, Anna. We, we do know that she was old. She was, uh, she was 84, which for that day and time uh, would have been incredibly old. Um, God gave her uh, a very short marriage of seven years. Seven years. Just a, Man, what a short time to be with your spouse. And then God granted her a long life as a widow. And her life became about worship. It says she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with and fasting and, and prayer night and day. I can just imagine Anna's friends and family saying, Anna, when are you going to get back on the dating circuit? You only had a seven-year marriage. It's time to find husband number two. You deserve love. You're a great godly woman. Get out there and, uh, and find you a man. Find some romance. But Anna, I don't know if, if the Holy Spirit revealed that this is what she needed, but, but Anna's choice, her decision was to just stay at the temple and just spend her days fasting and praying and worshiping God, waiting on the redemption of Israel. And I, I love how this reads here that it's, and this may be reading too much in the story, but it just seems like um, Simeon gives them this great news, and then he kind of gives them this not so great news, and the parents are kind of, man, they're just told that the the sword's going to, to pierce 
their hearts, their souls, and just the agony of, man, I can't, I can't believe what's going to happen. And it says at that very hour, it says Anna came up. And, and Anna came up, and I, I, it just seems like God had appointed Anna in all these years and all this worship to be that woman that would come along Mary's side in that moment where she's told about the sword that's going to enter into her soul and just brings it back to, yes, but he's the Savior. He's the redemption of Israel. To get them back on track. I just think that's God's providence being, uh, maybe that was one of her main purposes in life beyond just waiting on the Messiah was to comfort uh, the Messiah's mother uh, in this moment. And, and we see that Anna sees this personification of all that she had been worshiping. For 60 plus years since her husband died, she had lived at the temple and worshiped and fasted and prayed constantly. And this is absolute dedication. This is a female version of Paul who says, I count everything as loss to the surpassing value of knowing Christ. So she spent her days in worship and then in this great moment the one who she was waiting on that redemption of Israel that she was waiting on comes to the temple and she gets to see it and it doesn't disappoint and I'm here to tell you this morning that if you long for Christ that if you give up some things in your life for Christ that at his revealing when he returns you're not gonna be disappointed Anna never said, man, you know, I can't believe I spent all this time in the temple. No, when she saw, the, saw it, she went out and she couldn't even help. She went to preaching and, and preaching the gospel and going out and saying, listen, the redemption of Israel is here. What a glorious, glorious testimony that when we give up everything and pursue Christ, we've lost nothing. Everything she longed for, she found that she had in Christ. As our musicians come, like Simeon, all who gaze upon Christ in belief can find comfort in the most difficult situations, even one's own death. That when when we gaze upon Christ and the belief that Simeon did, that we can depart in peace. That we don't have to worry about death. We don't have to rage against death as our world tries to tell us we need to do. No, we can go in peace knowing that the Father has given us Christ And we see that the soul of Christ's mother was run through with a sword through His torture and His crucifixion. His heavenly Father, because of our sins placed upon Him, had to look away. And in that moment, Christ received no comfort because so that we might receive comfort in our salvation because of what Christ did. That Christ took on the wrath that was meant for us.
And Anna gave up all for the sole purpose of pursuing the redemption. And she was able to witness that redemption in the flesh. Sixty years of dedicated worship. And she was not let down when she finally laid her eyes on what she had been worshiping. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. I'm going to ask you to please stand and we're going to pray. I just want you to respond to God. In a moment, we're going to have the Lord's Supper. And uh, I encourage you during this time, if you have some sin in your life that you need to repent of, or um, if you need to to just uh, get focused on what this season is all about, I encourage you uh, to do that uh, during this time of invitation. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for comfort. Comfort in death, comfort in, in all things, God, that we can have peace through a God that provided comfort to us through a son that did not receive comfort, but suffering. And God, as we move into this time of invitation of the Lord's Supper, God, just help us to be overjoyed uh, at the season, overjoyed at the gift. And God, I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, who has never received you in that amazing hope of what you've done in Christ would do so today on Christmas Eve. Move in our hearts. Prepare us for the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.